I'm going to call this one Portland retiree gives instructions, detailed instructions to people coming over to his house on how to navigate and avoid the homeless encampments on way from point A to point B, point B being his home. Yeah, that's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, don't don't, don't take a left on that one. No, no, you got to go straight because otherwise you're, you're just going to run into a big, nasty encampment. Uh, I don't want you to do that. So just keep going straight and then hang a right. Yeah, n- not a left, a right, because you're going to, again, run right into the middle of just <sighs> Lord knows what. Let's get into it. Here we go. I'm going to start throwing out frustrations because one of the new buzzwords is concern. We have concerns over the number of people dying from fentanyl overdose. We have concerns about the level of violence increasing. We have concerns and frustrations over homeless camp growing in the Lentz neighborhood. Lentz neighborhood in Portland is well-known, kind of southeastern, more of a working-class neighborhood. But are there any working-class neighborhoods left in the Pacific Northwest? Seems like your working-class neighborhood starts, you know, housing starts at over half a million. We got even nothing remotely close to that in Seattle. So seven, seven hundred, eight hundred. I think our median housing price is creeping up on nine hundred. There is nothing working-class about that, right? All the tech bros have just pushed prices to the moon. Here we are. When you pull up to Mark Dahl's home in Southeast Portland, it's clear he's proud of his property. His yard decked out in holiday decor is meticulously maintained. Let's watch a little video and get an idea of what we're talking about here. And then I'll recap as we, we go to the, the article. Food in there. Mark Dahl is adjusting the holiday lights outside his Southeast Portland home. He's out here a lot, tinkering in the yard, clearly proud of his property. You know, it's a pretty area. And we moved here basically because of the housing affordability at the time. But after more than three decades in this house, Dahl has regrets. My truck has been broken into the last two years. Here in the driveway, we put security cameras on the house now because we don't feel safe. My wife totally does not feel safe here. He now calls his neighborhood a slum. Frustrated. Totally. That's pretty strong for living in the neighborhood for that long. Because slum. I have three blocks from my home when I pay property taxes. This I'd be pissed. Like just a quarter of a mile down the road on Southeast Nap, wow. just below Nap Falls Look at in the that. Creek Natural Area. Oh. Trash, tents, RVs, and chopped up cars stretching all the way down to Southeast Flip. You basically got a nature preserve adjoining this. We're seeing, we're seeing so much of that. And it's, that drives me crazy. It's like, okay, you got a river. Don't allow the RVs and the tents to camp there because you know what's going into the river, right? My wife won't go down that way. And you definitely don't go down there at night. There he is. Obviously, there's a lot Given directions. On the street. And who knows what's going on down there. When Shenanigans. When the Portland police cruiser was there, the officers told us they were recovering a stolen car. They said it's something that happens a lot here. The Portland Bureau of Transportation has tagged and towed vehicles on the street multiple times, most recently on October 17th. But Dahl tells us the RVs and stolen cars were back within days. So this has been a cycle here. Total cycle. Total cycle, ongoing, never ending, never better. 
It's the Look at that. around the corner near Johnson Creek, where camps have been growing Creek. along nice. the I-205 multi-use path. We talked with a man named Q, who told us he's been homeless and living here for four years. My habit got the best of me. It's like a cold glass of water on a hot day. No matter who you are, you're going to drink that cold water, vice versa, drugs. So, yeah, that's the only way I can explain it to you. She's given up. He'll be hunkering down here for the winter, no matter what. I mean, there's resources, but it's like going away from the people you already know out here. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a real struggle because once you get like used to stuff, it's a habit. And it's like, you know, you're already used to it. It's tough to leave this life. Correct. Yeah. If you were offered housing or a place to go away from this area, would you do it? No. No hesitation. Why not? Uh, I like it out here. There's gunshots all over. All right. Let's talk about him for just a second, and then we're going to go on to our masked uh, wonder here. But he is basically stating what we talk about all the time. It's not a matter of housing. You've got a bunch of people addicted to drugs, and they've got an ecosystem that they are already very comfortable with. They know where who to get the drugs from where to get the drugs, how much they're going to be. They know where to steal stuff from. They know where they can pawn it. They know where they can sell it. You know, they know the markets. You put them in housing somewhere far away, and by that, it could be anything that's beyond, you know, most of these folks don't have cars. So this guy is comfortable in his environment. He doesn't want housing. He's on drugs and he wants to stay there. And that's the vast majority of folks when services come in and say, hey, there's going to be a sweep through here. You guys just need to move on. You're literally playing whack-a-mole because these people don't want to get into housing. That guy, you could see how quickly that guy is like, if somebody gave you housing, would you take it? And he's like, no, I like it here. Nobody likes living in a tent in Portland during the winter unless there's something wildly sideways in their life. And for that young man, it's drugs. It's an addiction. And we all know it. And yet you've still got these entities who are like, ah, here's your clean needle. Good luck with that. I hope all goes well. You know? And 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 speaking of that, let's get into this lady here. And, you know, there's fights that break out and there's a lot of mental illness out there. A woman who didn't want us to use her name confirmed what several neighbors and business owners told us off camera, that it's sketchy out here. She says she does everything she can to keep it peaceful. I'm the supply house. So, you know, if they're hungry, they come here. If they are cold, they get blankets. If they got pro need propane, they come here. So you're helping to take care of people. Yeah, they call me mom. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So I have everything that they need, you know. Um, I don't do the drugs, but I keep Narcan. I keep the um, syringes, you know. I keep everything because I, I want them to be safe and best, you know, that they can at it. We reached out. So, so you're handing out needles to people shooting stuff that could kill them, which basically took my son's life. So you're enabling people to kill themselves. That's what you're doing when you're, you are handing out stuff. Make it difficult for people to be in this position, and maybe they'll think twice about getting housing in the form of treatment, because treatment is housing. You can have a roof over your head, right? So, yeah, these kind of folks here, they're just, we want them to, do, you know, shoot up the heroin in a safe manner. You're like, no, 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 that does, that does not work. 
to Mayor Ted Wheeler's office to ask for an interview. They sent us a statement saying in part... We're going to skip through this because I'm going to read that in a second. But let's get up to... Yeah, let's get back to our dude here. ...to help identify particularly problematic campsites. But that doesn't answer the questions Mark Dahl has for the mayor. Where are the homeless people who've been pushed out of places like the Pearl District? Dahl thinks they're flooding into Lentz. And he has a pitch for the city. He wants to see a 90-day reset in Lentz, just like the one launched on the central east side. But Dahl doubts it'll happen. He says the city has a long track record of ignoring working-class neighborhoods in southeast where he's now embarrassed by where he lives. I don't invite family people here. I don't invite relatives here, friends here. Or if I do, I tell them, do not come up Knapp Street. Come up Mount Scott Boulevard. Terrible to have to do that. So you're still going to see all the camping there as well. Did you ever think you'd be in that position no. where you're telling people who are visiting you no. a long way? No, I shouldn't have to do that in my city. No. No. You know, to my residence where I've lived. Yeah. I feel sad that that's what this has come to. Dahl says he'll keep reporting the problems he sees to the city, but he's running out of steam and hope that things will get better. In Southeast Portland, Angelica Thornton, K2 News. If you have. So, nothing new to this news story, but you've got multiple instances. Where things are brought up, hey, yeah, the dude living in a tent, <clears throat> he doesn't want to go anywhere because he's comfortable with the surroundings. We've got the whack-a-mole game. Hey, they're going from, they're being pushed out of these neighborhoods into my neighborhood. We've got somebody embarrassed that's literally calling their neighborhood a slum, right? He's just straight up, hey, I've been here 30 years. This absolutely sucks. And I'm embarrassed to have people over. So I, I told you I was going to, uh, most of this we already covered, but let's get down to where Mayor Ted reached out to Mayor Ted. Here's what, here's what Mayor Ted came up with. The Lentz neighborhood remains a priority for the mayor and his team. We host regular Lentz problem solving meetings to hear from the Lentz community firsthand about the problems they are facing. How about you just do sweep after sweep of the homeless encampments and don't let them come back? What about that? Oh, that's that's rigorous. That is oh that that is right up there with shenanigans, isn't it? Yeah, can't do that. Uh, how how about we do it San Francisco style when the APEC conference came in? How about we do that? And then everybody had. I'm still getting comments about. Well, I I I heard conspiracy theories that this is what San Francisco did with all the homeless people. That is not the case. All they did is the exact same thing we're talking about here. If this guy is the this 30-year-old uh, neighborhood veteran, <laughs> uh, because he's living in a war zone, is saying, hey, they're being cleared out from other parts of Portland, and they're coming into my neighborhood, because that is what happens. When you scooch them out of the Moscone Center in San Francisco, they're going to go a couple of blocks away. And then when the APEC conference is over, they're going to scooch back in a couple of blocks and retake you know, their, their, their homeland. Um, so, you know, this is, this is nothing new. And so then to have Lent community meetings, I mean, really, is this what you're doing? How about you just do some sweeps endlessly? But the, and the issue there and the, 
the the answer is because you don't have enough resources, you don't have enough funding to really get to the bottom of what you got going on, which is you need a bunch more treatment and you need involuntary treatment and you need probably involuntary mental treatment as well. And you're hearing talk about that. But at this point in time, it's just talk because there's still a lot of people like, no, absolutely not. We're not doing anything involuntary. If people want to do drugs, which is what harm prevention, harm uh, prevention states is that harm reduction states, sorry. Um, and it's, a, it's this theory. Well, they're going to do drugs anyway. So we might as well help them out, make it a good experience. That way they don't die. Oops, they died. <laughs> that is frustrating. Well, next. <laughs> it's all harm production and there's no reduction in it. And harm reduction basically states people got to be able to make their own decisions and determine their own, you know, sobriety or whatever. But that works to a certain extent when they're living in a tent on public roadway, stealing from the community and just committing crime after crime after crime. And they are a nuisance, not only to themselves, but to others in the community that's when you got to start drawing that line. And we're not to that, we're not to that level yet, especially not in Portland. Along with continued outreach and problem solver meetings, our team recently met with the Lentz Livability Association to discuss priorities. It doesn't sound like the Lentz Livability Association doesn't sound like there is a lot of livability in the Lentz neighborhood. I'm, I'm hearing that from just multiple sources. Our removal teams are also working closely with Lentz community-based organizations to help identify particularly problematic campsites. Well, how about just the number of 911 calls and just the number of fires in said homeless encampments? It, it, start with the ones that have the worst 911 calls and work your way backwards. I mean, it, not that. I, these things aren't hidden. You know what I mean? They are not. This is not. Oh, they're under the radar. If you don't look closely, you might not see the homeless encampment. That's not the case, is it? RV removal requires coordination between multiple bureaus and partners, and there are numerous RV sites currently posted in Lentz for removal. Not just Lentz, throughout Portland. There's like seven or 800 of them. Some of them can be as small as a tent or two, but you've allowed a situation to explode and now you don't have the ability to, and, and you've created a drug tourism scenario where, hey, go to Portland because you've got people like that woman in the, um, in the skeleton mask saying, I don't do the drugs, but I help them. I give them needles if they get cold. All you're doing is enabling a lifestyle. That is literally why that kid is there because he's got mom to wipe his ass and he's a grown man not working and his addiction got the better of him. Well, get that kid into treatment and maybe his addiction won't get the best of him. Somebody's got to support him more than, hey, here's a needle. Here's some smoking equipment, whatever you need to, you know, further your lifestyle in a tent by the river. RV removal requires coordination. Okay, we know that. RV sites currently posted in Lentz for removal. Our outreach teams continue focusing on moving people from RVs to pod indoor shelter spaces. But you can see that a certain percentage of them do not want to take those offers. Because there might be a manager at those sites and they don't want to deal with that. And they've got just a raging addiction issue that they need to get squared away. And you can't really do that in this housing unless it's literally just a, 
you know, a single room occupancy type situation. And then you can kind of keep it going, but you're still going to have people that are like, Hey, you need to be here on time. There need, there's going to be some rules oftentimes. And that's why these folks don't want to take it. You know, these, these homeless folks don't want to take it because they've already got a system set up. They're living in a tent and they're comfortable with it. Our teams continue to successfully get folks out from living in dilapidated vehicles and RVs into safe, stable shelter. The second temporary alternative shelter site, which is under development, is focused on serving people living in RVs and vehicles. You have allowed that situation to get so bad that here you are. And now you've got older, retired folks going, I live in a slum. This is terrible. I agree. Hey, I don't know what to tell you other than... Make that vote count. Go with that politician that's going to have a slightly tougher stance on, on say, solving crime, on being reasonable, on enforcing the law. Because you didn't get here overnight. Portland didn't get here overnight. And we're focusing on one of Portland's neighborhoods that's had probably, arguably, as much homelessness and ongoing shenanigans as any other community in Portland. If I'm off base on that, let me know. I know you will in the comments. But um, what else do we have here? Oh, yeah. Dahl thinks he's the, our older gentleman here, thinks they're flooding Lentz. Like, where are all these folks coming from? It's they're being the whack a mole game is happening in other more affluent neighborhoods. They're pushing those folks out and they got to go somewhere. They don't get in a van and disappear overnight. Can't tell you how many people have said, oh, Sean, here's here's the real deal. Here's here's what's really happening. I'm like, no, nah, that, that is just some nonsense. Right? And the vast majority of these folks, they move a couple of blocks away. The city comes by and tells them, We're taking your tent down. They move a couple of blocks away. Then they just move right on back and they get their one spot on, you know, halfway down Third Avenue between this and this street. Yeah, they, you know. That, that poop smell, they're used to it. It's their poop, right? They want to go back to what they know. Dahl thinks they're flooding Lentz and he has a pitch for the city. He wants to see a 90-day reset, like an overnight cleanup in San Francisco. Let's get this bus going. Let's get the party started. Let's clean it all up. The problem there is the city only has resources and political will to do so much. And it's just not enough. And so you really can't put a dent in what you've got going on Un until somebody comes in with some, you know, pretty strong ideas on what needs to happen. I think you're just going to see a bunch more of this because we've got neighborhoods here in Seattle that are just overrun with this and you see them pop up continuously in the media because there's there's an explosion there's a fire there's a murder there's a stabbing there's hey we just found another stolen car in your neighborhood just like we saw during this video right stolen car we everybody knows it you got a bunch of whacked out homeless people they're doing whatever they can do to create that income to get that next fix so We'll just, we'll finish up here. I don't invite relatives here, friends here, or if I do, I tell them, don't come up Knapp Street, not Knapp. Nope. Come up Mount Scott Boulevard, less homeless encampments, right? Said Dahl, but they still have to turn on 92nd and Flavel. So you're going to see all the camping there as well. It's unavoidable getting people to his home without him just having that, you know, shameful thought of, geez. I shouldn't have picked this neighborhood. What was I thinking? 
but it, it happens so slowly over time, right? And that's what all these communities, they're now going, how did we get here? Well, you made some truly horrific decisions and now you're living with it. And I blame a lot of the people that kind of overrode the more reasonable people and said, you know what? We need to be more compassionate for our unhoused neighbors. And you know what I say? No, no, you don't. Unfortunately, you need some tough love and you need to do sweep after sweep after sweep and start cleaning up and actually get people into treatment, get people into alcohol, drug, whatever, mental health care, and start going down that road. Because you can see so many of these people, they need it one way or the other. And if you can't get them to abide by that, then jail is an option. A lot of people don't want to don't want to say that. Well, that's not really going to help them out. Well, this isn't helping them out here. Having mom give them a blanket and a syringe and saying, hey, here you go, tiger. I hope this works out for you. We want you to be comfortable living your lifestyle. Dahl said he never imagined he'd have to tell his visitors to come the long way. I shouldn't have to do that in my city, said Dahl. I feel sad that that's what this has come to. I'm sad for him. You work your ass off your whole life. You get to retire. You get this place where you and your wife, you know, raised your kids. Now you're going to, you know, hunker down and do all that stuff that you meant to do years back when you were so damn busy, you know, going to the grocery store, get all the kids food, going to the kids sporting events, going to whatever. Maybe just your job alone is just soul, <laughs> soul searing. You know, life has stuff. Life throws you curveballs. Then you get to that retirement and then you're like, okay, yeah, come to my retirement home, but good Lord, do not go down 90s. Don't turn on 92nd of Flavel. I mean, you're going to see some stuff. You're going to see some shenanigans going on there. So if you could, yeah. I mean, how, how sad is that? How embarrassing is that? All right. Yeah. This is my neighborhood. Hey, things looked a little rough on the way here, John boy. <laughs> Cause they are, cause they are. And politicians that have been elected by the residents of Portland, they're the ones that allowed it to get to this place. So, and I'm not sure the way, you know, the way Mark Dahl, our narrator for this piece of content, voted over the years, but I don't exactly see him being a big socialist advocate. Do you? So he's unfortunately one of the folks that has probably voted for the good guys, but um, is suffering because his community at large has gone down a different different direction. There are some concerns with the direction they've gone down, problematic. We've got shenanigans, you know. Um, there's there's some perceived danger. That's all I'm going to leave you with. All right. <laughs> Should we throw in a willy-nilly? <laughs> you've got it going on. Wherever you've got these homeless encampments going on, you know that you're just going to have all of this stuff. And this poor guy, I feel terrible for him. But then what do you do? If you try and sell <laughs> with this stuff around you, this external obsolescence of the homeless encampments, that's a no-go as well, right? I mean, people are just going to be, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with the seller. This neighborhood is a slum. Not buying here. That's all I got. Thanks for being here. I'll catch up with you in the next one. Bye for now.